Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Healing Conversations. My name is Einav Avni. I'm an energy healer and empowerment coach. I mostly work with people suffering from chronic pain and chronic illnesses. And the aim of this podcast, Healing Conversations for Anything Chronic, is to bring some new ideas, hope, and information of alternative methods to people who, who need to hear it most. Uh, with me today, Celeste, the Empress of Trademarks. Celeste, hello. So lovely to have you here. Hi, Inez. I'm so honored to be here. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And, and let's get started and tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> so uh, where should I start? There's so much about me. Um, so as a child, I did not like school. <laughs> That's probably the first place to start. And I did not like homework. I would much rather be outside and play, you know, with my friends and stuff. And that wasn't an option. <laughs> so uh, I did have to go to school and I did have to learn certain things. And when I got, I didn't, I did I, I had, I had actually realized that I wanted to do something with law, but then I managed to get myself to think that I wasn't intelligent enough to do that. So um, I fought that tooth and nail, so to speak. And then when I got to my 30s, I was like, hang on, I keep asking my older brother these questions of a legal nature. And he had his arm twisted around to study the law, which I hadn't. Nobody was expecting anything of me, oddly enough. Um, I'm, I'm number two in, in, um, in a pool of three. Uh, children um, and we have the exact same parents um, and nobody I mean my mother had these suggestions that she wanted me to study this and she wanted me to study that and I did a year of this and I did a year of that and none of it none of it really fit so so as, as I said when I got to 30 I was like okay I, I have to do something about this and so I um looked at five females around me. I was very much uh, an equestrian person at the time, so I would be riding a lot. I didn't have my own horse yet. Um, what I did, though, was I looked at the females around me at my equestrian club, and I th thought to myself, she studied the law, and she's not more intelligent than me. If she can do it, then so can I. I did that with five different people. And so... I thought, okay, if they can do it, then so can I. So it still took me four more years to pluck up the courage to actually apply to University of Copenhagen because I didn't tell you I was born in Denmark. Um, and um, I got help to apply to university. Unfortunately, I had done so many things that in the Danish system – all added up in my favor because in Denmark there is this system of kvode it and kvode to and uh, the kvode it ones one and two so the, the ones that are kvode it they just go directly like through the normal educational system and I hadn't done that you know I had lived abroad and I had gone to the European Film College and da 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 all of these things, though, counted in my favor, which was 
<laughs> my luck because my my grades weren't that great actually they were horrendous because <laughs> i i was just not very good at exa sitting exams um so so i got a letter back when i was 34 i got a letter back from the university saying that i'd been admitted for the next year so yay <laughs> i could then go away and um tell my family because i hadn't told a single soul because i was convinced that they would say to me you're barking mad you know that was that was what i thought they would say to me they didn't my father was over the moon and so was my mother and i was like oh my goodness maybe i should have done this earlier you know and there's a there's a reason why obviously you know because all is divine timing and if I had done it earlier, I think I would have broken my neck trying to get through it. Mm. So I needed kind of the matur maturity and the tenacity because what happened was I failed most of the subject of the first year. <laughs> so I clamped my teeth together and I was like, okay, this is, I'm doing this, I'm doing it, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that's the only reason that I was able to get through it, because as you know, and what your listeners would know in a second, is that I am somebody who experiences life with dyslexia. And I say it this way deliberately to disentangle myself from, from the label, because labels can be good in some ways, and they can hinder in other ways. And... As you know, because I've told you, <clears throat> I want to help empower people to kind of disentangle themselves from what the label can do. And some people say that I may even have ADHD. I don't know. And I don't care. I don't need another label. Mm. I am who I am. And if I have ADHD, fine. You know, I don't know if I, if I do. What I did though um, also after I had finished studying the law was I wrote a book and yes I wrote it myself you know mm -hmm. and um, it is possible you know and people have so many times asked I mean again and again they've they've asked me how did you write a book as if there is a magic pill or a magic wand or a magic bullet that can help you no you have to sit yourself down on your bum and then you have to write. Or nowadays you can just dictate into your phone or you can have somebody else write. You know, you can speak and have somebody else write it. You know, there's a program like Otter that can transcribe while you speak, which is so brilliant. I mean, I didn't know any of that when I wrote my book. I just sat myself down and did it. And from A to Z, I wrote it. And I, yes, okay. I had other people help me edit it, of course. You know, my favorite professor from University of Copenhagen, he edited the legal uh, content and he also wrote the foreword to the book. So, you know, that was, that was like um, a validation of me. So, yeah, I bet you have a lot of questions for me. I do, I do, I do actually. And so the, I guess the first one, because listening to what you're saying is that you know, here you were wanting to do something, but just feeling not good enough and not intelligent yeah. enough and really 
holding yourself back because of this, you know, what you felt was just negative views of yourself. Yeah, comparisonitis. And and when when you understood that actually there is more to all of that, you know, with the dyslexia that you you finally were told that you have that. How did that make you feel to 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 actually understand that it's probably nothing to do with you know how good or bad you are or how intelligent you are, but there was actually a condition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know. Um, it was a little bit of a light bulb moment because also what I didn't say to you before um, is that when I sat my various exams at University of Copenhagen, we were allowed to bring our laptops with us. And um, so it felt like the other people, when we were like given the signal to start, it felt like within seconds, the others would start typing, typing, typing. And I still sat there reading, reading, reading. And, you know, it makes sense now because when it comes to legal <coughs> content, sorry, I just need that extra time to read and understand what I'm reading. It's not that I'm stupid. It's just that I need that extra time. And I need the extra preparation. English is my fourth language, just so you know. Um, <laughs> uh, so sometimes my tongue plays up. I do apologize for that. Um, so I need the extra time and I need to allow myself to take that time to read and understand. Of course, I didn't know at the time. So at university, I couldn't say to people, look, uh, I experienced dyslexia. So can I please have more time to prepare? Too bad. You know, I have my master's degree in law now, which I'm really proud of, by the way. Mm. Uh, and I've written that book, which I'm also really proud of. So it's about allowing oneself to acknowledge, okay, there is something that makes life a little bit more tricky for me. Um, however, the important thing is to not be stopped by it. And I remember so clearly my little brother, he was like, you're not going to let it stop you, though, are you? And I was like, because I maybe I was going to let it stop me for a minute, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, hang on, no, why would I do that? You know, it hasn't stopped me before. Why would I let it stop me now? That would be stupid, I feel, you know. So, so that's sort of that conclusion there. You know, I'm somebody who experiences dyslexia. I'm not going to let it stop me because it hasn't stopped me before. So what? I mean, I speak six languages and I do that with dyslexia in all six of them. Yes, there are only mm -hmm. four of them that I speak fluently. Um, and I love languages, so can't help it. And it's very interesting, actually, because, of course, nowadays, at least this is my experience when, you know, with my, when my daughters were, went to school, is that the idea of dyslexia... Of course, parents are immediately thinking about that as soon as, as their children, you know, as soon as they feel that their children are a little bit behind or a little bit struggling more than what they feel is, is the norm, they immediately want to go and have a dyslexia, you know, um, diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but obviously when you were younger, you didn't have that. And nobody, nobody even considered it at the time, which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, th I think that was also a similar experience for, for, for my own brother, my older brother, that uh, 
yeah, I think at that time, you know, not, I'm not saying that you, you're very old. <laughs> I'm just saying that at, at that time, really, there was not the same awareness. But how how was, I mean, other than, you know, going to university and the difficulty that you're, you're describing, and of course, university is really hard for anyone, especially low, especially, I guess, the, you know, this area that you went into. Um, so what was the experience of going to school with other kids that maybe didn't have that what, how, what was that like? Well, because I didn't know that I am experiencing dyslexia, um, I just, you know, I, I taught myself to recognize how words are spelled. I mean, and I don't know when that happened exactly. However, when I write stuff now and I have, you know, spell check, I can, I can recognize the correct spelling of the word. doesn't mean I can spell it. You know, I can't spell Switzerland and Danish to save my life. I can't spell the word necessary in English. I have taught myself how to spell it because, you know, I, so I, I to, to myself, I say necessary, which is weird, but I have, it, for me, that's just how it works in, in, inside my brain. And when, when I, read stuff i say the words inside my brain mm -hmm. and i'm really weird because i love reading and you think a dyslexic person who likes reading what that's not normal mm -hmm. i've always loved reading since i was i mean my maternal grandmother she would read hans, hans christian anderson for me i love hans christian anderson honestly really um and I think the whole thing of having somebody read these stories to me, and then that kindled my own desire to read. And I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to. I didn't know that I had. And I and at the time, let me share something uh, other so, something else that was really really interesting. I would read the Gothic typeface. Have you? Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? How I haven't. <laughs> yes. I'm I I don't know how I did that, but I I learned to recognize the different letters. Mm. I mean, that it just goes to show how interesting our brain is and how it can cope with so many things and you know, even sometimes when people show stuff that is flipped upside down and and backwards, I can even mm. read that. And how weird is that? <laughs> that but is I think so weird, if you ask me, honestly. But I think what you're really sharing with us is is how, you know, how labels really can limit us. And yeah. when we say, actually, if I have this, then maybe I I can't do this, or I shouldn't do that, and I'll just basically not even go there. And here you are without without having this diagnosis, you know, for for. I was forty one when I was given the diagnosis. You know, yeah. forty one. Yeah, and because that was when I stopped. So I I spent seven years studying the law, because in Denmark normally you spend five years. I flunked the first year, as I told you, and then when I got to my master's degree, I decided to spread the subjects out a bit and give myself a bit more breathing space, basically speaking. So I spent seven years, and and in Denmark from day one you stu you study the law. You do not do like in America where you do a general uh, bachelor's degree. In Denmark, it's law from day one. 
Right. And so you could say that I have spent seven years studying the law so that you don't have to. <laughs> right. And and I wonder, how do you feel the, you know, now that you know that you have dyslexia or that you are experiencing dyslexia, how is that benefiting, you know, how is it helping uh, your clients and how you are dealing with, with law and trademarks and all of that? It means I have this gift whereby I can very, very swiftly discern whether what you've come to you've come to me with is registrable or irregistable. And irregistable is a word I made up just because I can. I'm I'm a very creative person. This actually is my people can't see the entire thing, but this is my own trademark. And I created that from scratch. And I have a second trademark that I also <coughs> sorry. That I also created from scratch. Um and I remember one of my co-students at the time, he said to me that he used to be some somebody really, really creative. But the creativity has kind of been knocked out or beaten out of him. And I'm like, wow, nobody can beat it out of me. I am creative. It's it's part of who I am. You know, um, my mother was a ceramic artist and her creativity is something I have more or less inherited. And actually, just before she passed away, she shared that she was also somebody experiencing dyslexia. So, you know, oh, and really? it's not the end of the world. It really, really isn't. It's just about thinking, okay, what can I do? What is my superpower? What can I do differently? And something that I'm wanting to do differently, and you asked me before we came on, is that I want to help the people that are creating logos and brands for their clients from the legal perspective, because yes, they are brilliant. I couldn't have done this thing without a graphic designer. Obviously, of course I couldn't, because I'm not. So I created it from scratch and then have had some someone beautify it, if you want, or, or you know, mm. make it even more professional, yeah? Um, so what I'm aiming for is to help these amazingly wonderful, beautiful creatures who are creating logos and brands for their clients. I want to help them from the legal perspective so that their clients don't get disappointed when they come to me and I say, I'm sorry, this is irregistrable because that is devastating. And that means that they've wasted time, money and energy because what you do is when you create something like that, you pour your heart and soul into it. Yeah. Honestly, you really do. I, I know yeah. because I've created two of my own. Um, and to be told that it's irregistrable is like, you know, so and 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 they get really attached to to that thing. And and so by having somebody like me in their corner in the step before they come to me. Is even better for them, because it means that I will have helped tweak it so that from my perspective, which is the legal perspective, as well as the creator one, but I'm mainly the legal perspective, then they are much safer. And because people say to me, oh, but I, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, yes, I'm not criticizing how beautiful it is. That's yeah. not the point here. It's the legal side of it. And when you come to applying for something as a trademark, there are just certain things that have to be there in place because otherwise it's irregistrable. And, and, it's just yeah. too too sad, in my honest opinion. Yeah. 
So we'll, we'll touch, I think, a little bit more about the trademark because, as I said before, I think it, it really is. This is your story. This is who you are. But I just want to go back for a second to to go back to the topic of the of the conversation about redefining, um, you know, your success story with dyslexia. Also, at the beginning, we said we want to give hope to people who are suffering or experiencing dyslexia. Yeah. What What are some tips that you can give people to to help them see that actually, you know, it doesn't have to define them necessarily. Maybe there will be more challenges or different challenges than maybe other people. But what what is your message to these people that are experiencing dyslexia? Keep doing what it is that you absolutely love inside of you because that's the most important thing. I love trademarks. So it's important and, and allow yourself that extra time to understand what if, if you have to study something for your own sake, or if you want to study something, even more importantly, if you want, I wanted to study the law so badly that it didn't become an issue that I didn't understand what was going on because I didn't at the time. So mm. give yourself permission. And I mean permission here. That's the important thing because we tend to not give ourselves permission. So give yourself permission to take that extra time to understand what it is that you want so badly give give yourself permission and mm -hmm. and just clamp your teeth down and just be like a bull terrier and just you know hold on and and don't give up on yourself because i nearly did give up on myself and and i'm so glad i didn't you know because and also there were actually people around me at the time who were convinced that I wouldn't go through and I wouldn't finish my master's degree in law and they're no longer my friends. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> Thank you very much, you know, um, for not having faith in me. That means that you're not going to be part of my life anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's okay that, you know, it's okay. Some people come to us for a reason, for a season of our lifetime. And those who can embrace all of who we are, those are the keepers. Those are the important ones. And it may be that our families don't understand us, and that's fine too. We can, I actually have made a conscious decision to love my older brother more. Mm -hmm. We are very different, he and I. And I can't get him i can't say to him you have to change no i have to change so i changed my perspective of him you know and if if it's somebody that we want to keep in our life deciding to love them more is actually a really really powerful thing yeah. it really is it really really is and and my Canadian uh, well-being coach, she keeps saying to me, love is the way and the way is love. And I'm like, yeah, because I, I have proof with my older brother. I love yeah. him. Even though as children, we were like banging mm. our heads together. And I was suffering from comparisonitis because I felt that he was more intelligent than me because he, he, he had his arm twisted around and, and had to study the law. He hated it. Mm. He yeah. hated it. Imagine that. Imagine, <clears throat> imagine yourself in a situation where you 
bloody well have to study something. I'm sorry, I swear. Um, because you have your arm twisted round instead of doing what's in your own heart. I was lucky nobody was expecting anything of me. You know, yeah. it's weird to say that it's lucky. I, and it, <clears throat> it may not be luck as such, but it, it was, it gave me space to be me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It gave me, yeah, it gave yeah. me space to be me. Yeah. Um, so before we, we kind of finish the conversation today, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do with the trademarks, really. What, what you know, a little bit about that side of you. Shit. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to call them back. So um, I have trademark registration packages. I also have, as I mentioned before, this course which I call the secrets of logo and brand uh, design. And my second trademark um, is that I registered is the unique branded blueprint. And this is aimed at, as I mentioned before, the people who are creating logos and brands for other people. Mm -hmm. um, and um that's that's what I want to because I want I really want to be that change agent or that disruptor who is focusing on those people so that I can help them make even better logos and brands for their clients so that when they come to me or somebody like me because it doesn't have it's not just me who registers trademark marks. <clears throat> it's a much higher probability of what they've got becoming registered. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's a really important thing um, because it is costly to have your logo and your brand designed properly um, because it's not something that you should go to uh, like AI and have created because you risk that what gets created is something that's already in existence. So it has to be a human being that does it with you. And then if there's somebody with my knowledge, which is the legal perspective, that makes it even more powerful and mm. even more uh, registrable in the end. Yeah. And we, we're going to have the link to this course in, in, in the links, the social links that we're going to, to share for you. Uh, great. So we, we will we will do that. Um, Celeste, thank you so much for, for being here with us today and for you know for your wisdom and for sharing your story with us. It's wonderful to to hear that, and I really do believe that it's going to bring some some hope and inspiration for people who are you know experiencing dyslexia because yeah, there's definitely you know we can we can we can take the label and you know cover cover ourselves with that. Or we can say, yes, I have that, or I'm experiencing that, and yet this is something that I want to do, you know, differently. And so the invitation is there for people to really go deeper into what calls them and and go on that journey. So thank you and so if much. This, if this gives them hope, then I'm on cloud nine, you know? Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for being here with us today, and uh, thank you for everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.